the reason I find movement so powerful is shifting your reality, in moving your perception, getting out, going for a walk, changing environments, is we're so much stuck in our mind, our heads, that sometimes it's the body that provides the gateway through its power change. But we're not taught that, are we? Even at the surface level of philosophy, mindset, books around self-help, seems like from that masculine, patriarchal point of view, 3D societies consistently preoccupy with changing, doing, all from the mind. There's this doing emphasis, and doing is seemingly related to mind. And while movement is still a doing, if the movement, if the flow doesn't have an inspired, inspirited emphasis to it, we're always going to get repetition of the same form, like the mind. I feel something is coming up for me, and this is connected with that mind mindset, how when we're in an environment predominantly focused on 3D, good, bad, right, wrong thinking, we get that echoed back in our reality, don't we? And unless we have that contrast in the environment where there's a different level of thinking, of awareness, of the slowing down, people thinking differently, doing things differently, moving differently from a non-doing, a being, it can be difficult to even allow change into our reality. So that's it, isn't it? We, we are encouraged to think differently to change. And we, we move through these changes, through thinking, but it's not really the thinking purely that makes the change. It is the movement, it's the awareness behind the thought. But the ability, which is talked about by Castaneda in his books, his dialogue with Don Juan, the, the shamanic apprenticeship, the ability for the awareness to be integrated, to think differently, is more about the movement. It's about getting more energy. It's about shifting his assemblage point. And where do most of these interactions with Don Juan and Carlos happen? In nature. Walking in the mountains, like me, walking a Camino to Santiago. I talked to my sister about this the other day. I feel she's going through some type of awakening experience. And she's probably sensed that in me for some time, that I think differently, I act differently. And I've only got the one sister, she's got the one brother. And we're always close growing up, but she sensed, you know, there's been a shift in me. It's not an overnight shift. It's something that's been more grounded as I've slowed down. I've stopped caring so much about what people think because I've got out of the mind. I've changed the emphasis from pure mind change, identity pursuit, to more of this, this surrendered Tao space like Castaneda and, and Don Juan. I've let go to the flow. I've let go to the spirit. And this is what I'm observing in this space, as allowing more spirit, intent, 
awareness. You can, the I am, you can call them all one and the same thing. Is that when I'm moving really fast, in a hurry, forcing, doing, I'm in that limited lower state of consciousness that's more geared around the 3D mind. Yet when I'm more focused inward, my energy's more balanced. And I still feel a lot, either when I walk around out here and I walk past people, seeming mirrors of this perception of reality. If I see people looking at me and I'm attaching my worth, my energy's gone to them. It's like this pursuit of identity. It's back in the mind. But when we're detached from the preoccupation with people, stories, collective conscious reality or unconscious reality, we're better able to feel into the body. So feeling is the secret, isn't it? It's this, this thing that I've come across a lot lately and it might be a dar for some people. But for me, who was very much around that, the empath, <laughs> this is paradox with the empathic person, the indigo, <laughs> that it's, feeling's not really the problem. They're always feeling, but what they're feeling is not, what, not theirs. They're so empathic, they're feeling everything else, but their own. They have this, I guess it's a tendency, whatever you want to call it. I think that's just to where it comes from and how it's developed. That might be something for another episode or content or video production. But what there is is tendency, clearly. <laughs> I'm laughing because of the, the ridiculousness of it. Is the empath can't feel. It's so up in its head, its mind, up in the stars because it's so attuned to high conscious frequencies. It's, it's tapping at everybody else. So if it's got these gifts and talents to feel, but it never actually feels as though because the belief system is they're trying to heal and fix everybody. So they're always giving away their power. You see the, the ridiculousness of this. <laughs> and these are often really talented people musicians, creatives, a lot of entrepreneurs, people that have gifts and talents, they can feel they're empathic. But that, that's the paradox, that even though they could do all these things, and they, perhaps they're holding space for a lot of people in their reality already, their family. But if they want to go beyond purely that, that sponge of suffering, that sounds really harsh, but there's somewhat of truth, the sponge of if you're just going to keep absorbing other people's energy, who aren't willing to deal with that energy, well, you might be helping them in the short term, and in some way you're also developing your skills as an empathic healer person, and eventually developing enough awareness to become aware of the pattern. Unless you remove that pattern, or release that tendency to keep being the sponge of suffering, there's never going to be conscious change. You'll keep getting drawn back to the drama. Because there is somewhat of a trade-off with this, with this, isn't it? Whether we're empathic or not, we can become addicted, just like any identity. It's driven by behaviours, movement, ideas. The movement can shift the identity, and that's why it's so powerful. Moving, changing environments, moving the body, speaking, rather than being stuck in our own head 
forcing or thinking, overthinking, to actually allow the awareness to come into the consciousness, it shifts the mindset. But yes, this is it. If there is this addiction, somewhat, to behaviours, because the, there is this congruency between the identity as a healer and a victim. The healer <laughs> needs victims to heal, and it's also victimised or attached to needing to heal others. So that's okay in some way if, they're, if the, the healer's purpose is to heal and they're being remunerated for that healing. But if the healer is healing, but is addicted to the story that they need to heal and fix everybody without being paid for it, they're complaining. They're, they're attached to a victim story. They too are a victim as much as a healer. So the only, ironically, the only way to change this, again, it's to swap the role around. It's not that the empath won't still be someone who feels energy, but when they stop giving their energy and attention awareness away to external things, thoughts, beliefs, patterns, they stop being the sponge of suffering. I'm particularly thawed up on this today because I see it more and more because yeah, I have a mystical perspective on reality that a lot more mystical than what I perhaps would have. And a lot of it's developed through having more awareness of my, my perception of reality. Awareness which wasn't really there for me before because I was so preoccupied with what people think. So when we do develop our awareness, we have like Castaneda and Dolan, we move to the place of solar knowledge. We move beyond the pure world, conceptual world of reason and its limitations around good, bad, right, wrong reality. We begin to perceive the world as more of the field of awareness. The people come in and out of the reality. It's quite mystical and it can't necessarily rationally explain. But what happens is we get immediate feedback in this environment when we move to different locations, spaces. And it's difficult at times to conceptualize it, either to have this conversation to speak, to share, is to conceptualize it. But if we don't, and that's the, the kind of the ironic point as well, even though I'm conceptualizing, I'm talking about awakening, I'm sharing my perspective. What you're getting as much from this video for me talking is the energy. You're getting the awareness, the silent knowledge, the silent download that's raising the level of consciousness. It's not so much what I'm even saying or thinking, or more so not overthinking, being, that's erasing your level of awareness, giving your power back. Because when we spend time, whether it is in nature or listening or consuming or investing is probably the better word, in content, information that is life enhancing, raising awareness, raising your conscious perception of reality, your level of awareness is raising also. You're better able to perceive the limitations of thought, belief, that have previously constricted your reality. It's this interesting space. I don't think we can completely conceptualize it. I write books and I share content because I feel that's a value. But remember, feeling is the secret. And while we can read words on, on a paper or an iPad or an iPhone, on a computer screen, laptop, 
if we don't feel the energy behind the words, they don't have any impact. But this is it, isn't it? This is the big challenge, the aha moment, the controversial perspective, is if we're going to keep medicating our bodies or over-medicating it, whether it is vaccines, whether it's ADHD drugs, whether it's anything when we have a common cold or we just feel some discomfort in the body and want to take a, a paracetamol. If we numb the body consistently when it's attempting to communicate dis-ease, unease, discomfort from the environment, we can't feel the secret. So you can see a, a society or a, a system of governance, a reality that's set up to numb itself from the body is ultimately going to lead it back to the mind of 3D, good, bad, right, wrong thinking. And while a lot of people might be thriving in this society, pharmaceuticals, the sick care industry, not healthcare, sick care industry that's set up for sickness, not wellness, sickness. Advertisers that rely on our bodies to be numbed. So advertisers and the companies that produce products for the advertisers thrive on. We're, we're not enough. We need these things. We need these situations. We need environments. We need to continually numb ourselves. Trauma-seeking behaviours, foods, substances, whether in entertainment, media, everything. It's set up for numbing. This is the matrix that we think is purely a movie. Yes, it's a movie. It's a, it's a system of thought. And I'm not saying we're all robots or whatever we want to call it, plugged in with our cords. But the reason why it was so powerful was because it connected with our subconscious. There's a certain truth to it. But to be stuck in victim blaming is to actually keep fueling it. Because 3D, good, bad, right, wrong. Either when we develop this level of awareness and it can be this sense of what I just talked about with pharmaceuticals and, and doctors and sick care industry and entertainment and, and marketing and media, all this collective conscious thinking and vaccines. We, we develop this awareness that the body is a healer. That awareness and consciousness actually changes that perception of reality. And when we give more attention to our body movement, we can change that perception to more of an uplifting experience. If we still want to hold a victim story, which is somewhat of the spiritual ego phase, we're still stuck in 3D, aren't we? Because we're still looking for a victim. Good, bad, right, wrong reality. And that's all I'm saying to my sister. We can become aware of this transition that we're all seemingly moving towards, that we know with the planet, when there's a raising of conscience, we're going to move away from this. But there is this split. There's still the people that want to move really fast, hurry and speak really quickly, 3D. But they're not victims. No one's a victim. And they're not an enemy either. They just haven't yet had enough experience or opportunity to awaken or open up their heart. And so this is, and this is what I was saying to my sister, that the good, bad, right, wrong will keep saying, well, look what these people have done to us. Look what this system's done. Even though we've had this somewhat of the spiritual awakening and we're sharing our content. Look how we're feeling all these negative energies, these negative stories. I'm not saying that doesn't happen and there's not some truth to it. 
But while we're stuck in a victim loop, we're still perpetuating 3D reality. What I said to my system, what I feel, is what's really and really helpful. If you can look at every person and situation, the way they respond and and the, and the systems that are affected by it, and who are, people are operating it, if you can see, perceive, that how they act is purely based on how much unconditional love they have in their heart, it's not really personal then, is it? It's an impersonal consciousness perspective. It's no longer victim blaming, shaming. And hence, it's also not really personality driven. It's consciousness driven because one just has more consciousness than another. One's more conscious than another at that point in time or moment in experience. But it's not to say one's better than another or worse than another. It doesn't mean we don't feel or can't get frustrated with certain situations. And I think, ironically, being here back in Melbourne, having been up more around Byron Bay and near the beach where I felt differently, it's, it's given me a greater level of contrast and awareness because I've had to be more impeccable with my words, my speech. But it does also get to that funny point where, yes, we attract these environments to us, don't we? We attract these situations. And that, as I talked about earlier with the healer empath, the trade-off with that healer empath is if, if they're, they might be very good at healing, they're being put in situations to develop that awareness, that had experiences of suffering. But if they're attached to that need to rescue, they're also a victim of those they're trying to rescue. They're a victim of those they're attempting to heal. They're attached to a world or environment that's needing healing. So this is that Neville Goddard perspective now that's probably more powerful. Rather than, or even someone else, Joseph, Dr. Joseph Murphy, but someone I really like lately, and I'll link it in the comments, particularly if, the, if you're a conscious entrepreneur, you've had all these similar experiences of awakening, or you're going through an awakening, and, but you're also wanting to empower and allow more prosperity conscious in your reality, and no longer be attached to that spiritual ego. You don't want to be, yeah, you don't want to be hanging out in that matrix thinking too much thinking everyone's trying to, trying to take control of you. You want to really uplift your perspective of the reality. It sounds almost paradoxical. Or even a, a mystical perspective. You've gone deep down the mystical Babaji, Yogananda rabbit hole. You're in that mystic, you have experience of meditation, but you're now at a point where, okay, I've had all that. I've learned all that. But now I want to receive from my gifts and talents. The science of getting rich by Wallace Waddles gives a really interesting perspective on this, on all this idea. He doesn't deny all those aspects about energy. He's actually, his work influenced the development of the secret. It's believed he, the science of getting rich was the predominant resource of the secret by Rhonda Burns, along with Neville Goddard's work and other cross-conscious awareness teachings. But this, the secret of the science of getting rich is he sums it up in basically four different steps. One, there's an awareness that everything is energy, formless substance. And how we think in this environment, this substance, which both permeates as internal and external, affects the manifestations of form. The essence of law of attraction. Two, within this ability to think and create, if we want to prosper and get rich, the ability to get rich 
on the creative plane, not on the competitive 3D plane, but on the creative, a 5D, because it's possible, and it's I've seen millions of people are doing it, to prosper on the creative 5D, unconditionally loving frequency, all that is ne really needed is to be aware that our thoughts, beliefs, this frequency, this formless essence creates reality, but to produce content, services, value, whatever type of product or service you're intending to share to prosper in this reality, including YouTube content, including courses, meditation practices, ones that add value, add life, raise awareness, not take. So they're the first two principles. There's a formless essence that's permeating our reality, and it's simply when we've got our gifts and around awareness and healing and teaching, to get rich, to prosper, to raise the collective conscious, it's supported on the creative plane, to do them in a wealthy, rich manner. What do I mean by that? Well, for Wallace Waddles, and integrating this spiritual awakening into living in a 3D reality, where it's still a lot of hurry and hurry and, and force and over-conceptualizing. It's about being aware of the formless essence that manifests in the thoughts, and these thoughts manifest in the things. Being aware that this, these manifestations from the formless essence, which is, it is formless, it can't be seen, it's the Tao, the Divine, the I Am, intent, according to Carlos Castaneda, that this formless essence on the creative plane, if you can be, it can be utilized to manifest or create or share, distribute products or services which add value, add life to the consumer, purchaser, investor of this product. That is going to raise the consciousness. That will, that's the second rule of the riches. But the third rule of development of riches is being prosperous from this formless essence which is adding value, increasing life, is to share them in a rich way. To, to basically embody the frequency in the awareness you're intending to raise. And this is something I've had difficulty with. So you may be aware that our thoughts and beliefs create reality, and hence manifest in the forms. You may have this intention, this desire, this goal, this heartfelt awareness, that you are wanting to raise awareness. But this is where it's challenging. If you are intending to match the frequency of the people you're trying to send it to, if you're delivering or distributing or producing whatever content or service or production in the same 3D good bad on the creative manner, if you're trying to produce a content or service that's geared around 3D good bad right wrong, if you're doing it in a lack manner, if you're delivering it forced, pushy, rushed, busy, you're blocking the flow of creative energy. So we do, we have to embody the frequency of awareness. But the awareness is ultimately prosperity. The I am. It's already full, whole, and complete. But it's beyond, particularly from that healer victim story, it's beyond the immediate stories that we're consistently giving away our power. So the ability to prosper on the, on the creative play that Wallace Waddles talks about, it's fully embodying the authenticity of who we are in a creative manner, awareness of our thoughts, beliefs, create our reality. But when we deliver that, that goods or service or production, like a Tesla, 
there has to be a frequency of awareness, of prosperity, abundance behind it. So if we do all these things or create something of value, and, but then we're afraid of how it's going to be received, so we, we rush the delivery. We, we are afraid of someone might condemn us or attach to the people that we're trying to convince of course. That's not being done in a rich way, is it? Because we're still lowering the frequency of awareness to, to that, that belief pattern of lack. We're attaching the victim story. So the ability for all movement and change and awareness and what Castaneda was talking about with intent is to simply share what you're embodied, encouraged to share, to deliver, to produce in a rich abundant manner. It's really that simple. But we, we seemingly overcomplicate it because we can get attached to the immediate environment. We can be in that victim rescue loop, particularly for the healer who's in that. So the way the healer changes the loop of always needing a victim and also being victimized or needing to the, to the people they're trying to rescue is they have to embody the frequency of, of their healing. And they need to imagine or perceive or see that everybody they're sharing their gift with is also already healed, is already full whole complete. They're not a victim. So if you are consistently seeing the world, the reality is broken. This is the, the Wallace Waddle's intelligence here that really stuck out. If you're seeing that the world is wrong, it's missing, that you're fixing it, you're actually keeping yourself in a loop of awareness where you, there's something wrong, where there's something wrong with you. So you've got to perceive that there's nothing wrong in the reality regardless of what's going on in it. Ultimately, it's about everybody's doing the best they can in that space of conscious awareness that they have. And rather than being preoccupied with lack or poverty or sickness or, or anger or rage or violence, you don't actually raise the conscious or embody your own frequency of awareness by focusing on those limited 3D realities. You don't change through... I think what Wallace Waddle says is you don't actually help the, the poor get rich by being poor. You help the poor get rich by being rich. You help the sick get well by being well. You help the lack feel abundant by being abundant. And this is the interesting, the somewhat mystical rabbit hole effect. The more we embody that, the more we attract people into our reality that feel the same way. And they're no longer looking at the world as a hostile, victimized space. And the more we raise people up, yeah, like lemmings, we become this super conscious reality. The greater ability for you to share your gifts in a conscious, awareness-enhancing world. Thanks again for being a part of this. Prayed in 10. It was a real value of you. Thank you for inspiring me for this content. I really do believe that the audience helps inspire the content as much as the producer. There's this symbiotic relationship between the, the inspiration, the, the giving and the receiving. But ultimately, there's not really any separate giver or receiver. It's the divine, the I am, intent that creates everything. Bye for now.